0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on another big night for Scotland. Two points from two games, not the ideal start, but the Faroe Islands at Hamden provides a good opportunity to get three on the board. Stevie Clark's hinted at a change in goal. Who else will get the chance to impress with the Euros looming? And on the domestic front, attention slowly starting to shift to the return of the Scottish Cup. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Stephen McGinn and Andy Halliday. Andy, another big night on the international front. Yep, big night. Not a not an ideal start to the campaign, but got a chance to kick start the campaign with, with the first three points of the of the group. They're up against a Faroes team that who, who Scotland are unbeaten in nine against. But you know, a Faroes team that have made some positive strides over the last year or eighteen months. They were unbeaten in six in the in the Nations League. Obviously, got a draw in the first game against Moldova. Surprisingly, took the lead against Austria. So it's going to be it's not going to be an easy task. But I expect to see a Certainly a more attacking Scotland side tonight And I mean seriously The Scotland players are all busy tonight Obviously we can't get one of them on So talk about the next best thing As somebody who's babysat one of them And changed their nappies I mean Stephen McGinn Delighted to have you um, Going to tell us exclusive John playing tonight you Keeping that close to your chest Oh on purpose didn't ask him Just in case that, uh, <laughs> I knew the question was coming Nobody believes you <laughs> uh, Big game though On all seriousness Yeah they're not in the points totals They, they would have been looking at At this stage um, So it makes tonight really important I mean Pharaohs at home must win in any campaign but um, to start with the two draws could have been worse could have been better so just a must mm. win get out the beat with five mm. points and, and move on 01419511025 to get your calls into the guys you can tweet as well we'd love to have you there at Clyde SSB uh, but even better speaking to you on the front Andy just to just to get us off on the right foot do you believe at all he doesn't know the team he's, he is having us on isn't he? well ask me if he's playing he must, is he playing? Oh, he's playing. Right, right okay, sure. that's fine. We'll, we'll get after out. that overhead kick. Can he drop him for a few games? What time does the team usually come out? Half six. Yeah, about yeah, half so, six. So we can wind. I'll give We can wind him up for at least the next twenty-five <laughs> minutes. I mean, sure. we know how close they are. There's not a chance he does the no, this no team. No way. No but way. We'll see what happens. Right. Oh, I see, remember when they train at the Orium? I seen them shape up, Gordon. Oh, that's right. You've two, <laughs> two spies in the camp. Right. Seriously though, get in touch on the phones tonight. What are you thinking? Ahead of the game, that's that's the main job to kick us off, isn't it? Come and pick your team. What have you made of the last couple of games? What do we need to do different tonight? We're obviously overwhelming favourites. Who should play? Who deserves a chance? Who hasn't done enough in the last couple of games? You can't say John McGinn, obviously. It'll get a bit awkward. Um, but anyone else who you think needs to miss out, who should be swapped, get in touch and let us know right now. 01419511025. I do say it every night during an international break, but I say it because I mean it. If this stuff doesn't float your boat and you'd rather talk about your club team's position at the moment, that's absolutely fine as well. Obviously, we'll start with Scotland, but whatever is on your mind, please do share it. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's go to Hamden and uh, get a flavour of what's going on there with Alison Conroy. Yeah, chilly night here at Hamden for this third World Cup qualifier inside a week for Scotland. Still, of course, looking for that win against draws in the opening two matches against Austria and Israel. Steve Clark is warning the Faroes can't be underestimated and are far from the weak side of maybe 20 years ago. They, of course, drew their opening game with Moldova before losing to Austria. Now, Scotland boss says he isn't feeling any extra pressure going into a game that Scotland are expected to win. He says he feels the same level of pressure going into every game. He has hinted to us yes at yesterday's media conference that he may replace David Marshall 
in goal. Kevin Nisbet, of course, still waiting on his Scotland debut after being on the bench for the last two games as well. Team News Gordon, I should have, around half past six. Stephen's got it already. He's just not telling us. But um, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we look forward to the official uh, word from Hamden. And Alison, it goes without saying every night, it's just a shame that the... The fans can't be there, there's, there's no real build-up, you're not getting that, that sense of anticipation building in the stadium, but for those of you watching at home, get in touch right now in the phones and let us know what you want to see, 01419511025. Uh, right Andy, we'll, we'll leave him with his conscience over there in the corner for just a, a minute. What, what would you like to see then? What what needs to be better? Um, who, who hasn't taken their chance? Who, who might get an opportunity tonight? Well, your your teammate Craig Gordon, he's going to play, isn't he? After what Stevie Clark yeah, said, yeah, I yesterday. think we got a little a little hint of that, and uh, that was going to be one of my exclusives. So Steve Clark's <laughs> obviously ruined that for me. But listen, three games in a week, I think you're you're going to expect to see changes. You know, it's a big toll physically, and and uh, you know one one huge benefit we've got in Scotland just now is a is a is a pool of quality players. So we can expect to see maybe three, four, five changes tonight. Che Adams for me has to start uh, you know we talked about it when he, he was included into the Scotland squad that just feels as if he, he just gives something different that we don't already have there you know the likes of Robertson tearing him again you know the the real key players in the squad you still mm. expect to, to see in there but I just I, I do expect to see a little bit more of a, an attack in Scotland side tonight so um, you know maybe pairing Lyndon Dykes up there with, with, with Che Adams and Maybe a you know a change or two in midfield. Who knows? But mm. we'll soon see. I'm excited. I'll, I'll let you know at twenty five past. Stephen, does the mindset shift slightly? Do you think Stevie Clark's saying all the, you know the same things? He's he's not too bothered. But there there has been a bit of disappointment, a little bit of criticism on on this show and others. D- does tonight become a little bit more pressurised just because the last two haven't you know gone the way that we would have wanted? Essentially, yeah. Well, as I said, first and foremost, uh, home to the Pharaohs, I must win anyway. But um, I'd be interested probably how we go about it's been a 3-5-2 the favour formation favour mm-hmm. shape but probably quite a, a lot of de- defensive minded players in so mm-hmm. be interested to see how he shapes up with to get more right. attacking players in we're going to have much more of the ball and as you say it's must win and mm-hmm. we need we need to go for it for right from the start because well, looking at the other night everyone keeps saying that the second half is much better that coincided with going, going to uh, four at the back so is that the lesson learned from there essentially? Yeah, and I think there's a lesson to be learned from the, the Ireland game as well. Um, these teams aren't quite the whipping boys, the mm-hmm. Faroe Islands, Luxembourg and stuff like that. So they're going to have to, to be clinical. They're going to have to get that first goal as quickly as possible and, and really just get the job done. Right, 01419511025. Come on, you need to come and pick your team before it gets announced and the secret's out the bag. So who do you want to see play tonight? Does it need to be much more attacking? Do we need to start games quicker? Uh, we are against opposition that technically we should, uh, we should beat. Football's never that simple But there is that expectation So how do you want to see it Shaping up tonight Let's kick off with John In Calendar What's on your mind John? Hello Hi Hi um, It's just about how negative The football is Football game that he's been playing I think he's just thought The two strikers Play a lot more attacking uh, Yeah John's line isn't Great It's a little bit unclear But I'm, I could make it out Because I've got the big headphones on If you're listening at home It's a bit negative at the moment Need to be attacking Andy That's that's been the theme on the phones this week, no doubt about it. Do yeah. you agree? I do agree. The issue is, you know, Steve Clark's gotten success out of the group of players, playing the way he has and getting us to our first major com- uh, competition for a long time. So it's been successful. But there's always going to be, when there's a run of maybe poor performances or a couple of poor results, we should be doing this better. But, I mean, for the Faroe Islands at home, you do expect to see a more attacking Scotland team. And, uh, but listen... I know we'll, we'll still have the we'll still have the memories of Craig Brown Scotland in, in 1999 drawn one each with the Pharaohs Bertie votes you know the famous game away to Pharaohs with 2-0 down after whatever it was 10-15 minutes so 
as much as it's a must-win game, like Stephen said, these these teams they aren't as bad as maybe they were ten, fifteen years ago. Which doesn't bode well because you've just told <laughs> us about two results when they were bad. <laughs> yeah. And now they're better. Yeah, listen, I still I do I do still fancy us to take the, take the three points tonight, but I would like to see us be a little bit more adventurous. Uh, you know, another you know potential change is, is McTominay back uh, dropping back into defence and you know getting that ball playing defender back in there. And, and uh, like John mentioned me with the potential of two, two strikers up front so I would like to see he's be a, a little bit more adventurous but Steve Clark's had a lot mm-hmm. of success with the way he's playing so I don't expect to see it changing too much in the future John just elaborate on that then when you say you want to see more attacking less negativity does that mean a different system is it different personnel are you wanting you know Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes is that is that the main way to, to, to get that positivity that you're looking for I think I would start with two strikers up top but as well the whole it's passing backwards constantly instead of trying to get the ball forward. It, it doesn't look great. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, there are different ways of being so-called more positive. Do you just play more attacking players? Do you change the formation, or can you can you keep a formation and, and just do things differently within it? What what's the most likely? Is it is it going to be to tweak that that system? Well, I think if you if every time the boys turned up for a camp, the formation changed, the shape changed, there'd be complaints that you're, you can't get any yeah. rhythm going and stuff like that. So. Um, the problem in international football is on one hand you can be playing Austria then Israel then the Faroe Islands so you have to work to, to his preferred system um, so I think there might be a wee tweak on the, the way he plays the 3-5-2 tonight um, to try and get as many attacking players on the pitch as he can but uh, I, I would I would have to probably go with the keeping it the same and trying to trying to get more attacking players and mm. more intent in the team because I think the criticism would come if it just changed it every time the squad might meet up. Um, so you actually think that, that that sort of three at the back that, that doesn't necessarily have to be ditched in order to to be more positive? You no, don't think? no. I mean, the width comes from. I mean, the way we set up sometimes the first half Israel the other night. The problem with three that the fullback, the wingbacks can then become fullbacks, and you have a five at the back. But if we're going to have all the ball tonight and we start off with intent and enforce Faroe Islands back, then they two wingbacks become. Mm. In, they they become like wingers as opposed to fullbacks. John, do, does fi- do fixtures like this still give you a bit a bit of the fear that, that things might or, or are we are we are we better now? Are we in a place where we should have com- complete confidence tonight? I think we should have complete confidence in beating them. Um, we've got, got some good players in the squad, so I, I honestly don't see why they shouldn't be beating teams like this. Uh, go either. Yeah, and I think that's another theme as well. People, you know, you can talk about being hard to beat and so on, which is fine. But there's a there's a perception amongst fans and pundits and that they actually have got really, really quite good players. When you look at on paper the level that some of them are playing at at the moment, can they? Should they be allowed off the leash a bit more? That was a phrase that, that came up earlier in the week. Yeah, but I mean, at the end, Alex McLeish's tenure, he still had the same pull of players, and it was a very, very leaky Scotland uh, Scotland team. So I've no doubt when Steve Clark took over the job, he. He tried to do what he was very good at and make teams harder to beat and he's had a lot of success at that so maybe he's stuck with it a little bit too much in games where, where Scotland can afford to be a little bit more adventurous but you know, like we said we've got, we've got such a talented pool of players in my personal opinion probably the best you know, squad of, of talent Scotland have had for, for a number of years so you know, even talking about the system a lot of a lot of attacking adventurous teams out there play three at the back you know Pep Guardiola's Man City I'm not asking Scotland to go out and play like that but they play three at the back quite a lot it's just 
just a tweak of personnel uh, like Stephen says the, the wing back's been a little bit more adventurous you know, one or two of the midfielders breaking into the box a little bit more so mm. I think I don't think it's going to be a wholesale change but just a little bit of tweak in there Right so we think Stephen's given away that John is playing we know that we think he's given away Craig Gordon's playing so we'll get there we'll, kind of, we'll piece I think it together I he kind of gave away it's a, a three again as well you know, th- you know think? Yeah and Adams and Dykes Yeah Adams and Dykes think he, I think he think, said think yeah. he, His eyes sort of lit up at that point I, yeah. I thought so No right, he so, nodded So you've got right, We're nearly That's about half the team We'll get there before the <laughs> Could end Could be Nisbet um, <laughs> Nah nah it's not No, no chance Not yet um, Thank you John and Callender For kicking us off tonight What about Josh uh, Who's calling in from Irvine Give us your preferred line up tonight Josh How we doing guys alright Good thank you Hi uh, good uh, Just before I start Gordon did you see what uh, the Pharaoh, there was this Faroese uh, fan page floating about the day uh, on Twitter? Uh, did you see what they were calling uh, Scotland versus the Faroe Islands? I did not. They're calling it the, the cold firm. Oh dear me. Right, okay. I don't, <laughs> no, that, I don't know if that's going to catch on. Um, Alice says it's see. freezing at Hamden tonight, so there we go. They'll be right at I don't think it's quite as intense. Ah, maybe not. Uh, maybe not. Um, right, guys, uh, t- tonight, um, well, there's, there's going to be a couple out. There, the outcome for tonight is there's three possible scenarios, right? We're not going to win or draw the Faroe Islands. We're going to go out and beat them, right? That That's for a start because there's apps. I don't... This Steve Clark team, there is no banana skins in it. I, I don't see it at all. No, we've went out away to Israel. Israel are a very good team, right? You, you can see that. They're a, very, they're a bit like... They're a bit like Michael O'Neill's Northern Ireland team. They have a couple of good players in them. Uh, but they are they're coached very well, and the sum of their parts is is better, or whatever the expression is. Um, so dropping points against against them is not a disaster, right? Like you know, so many people would would have you believe. Um, tonight after this game, with that, we are going to be on five points, um, and it's 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 more likely that we're going to be sitting in second, right? Now I, I listened to the show the other night and. Um, I think it was you that said um, that it was a, a kind of what's the word? It was like a you know it was an imaginary uh, second place. Well, you can only mm-hmm. you know play the games that are uh, there in front of you. And by the end of the night, I think that we're going to be sitting second on five points, which which is fine going into the, next, the rest of the games. I think we need a big result from somewhere, um, but we've got that in us. I think um, in this group, particularly, I think Austria away. Is doable. I think. I think we can take three points from there. This this team has made incremental improvements from day one when Steve Clark's come in. Um, it's gotten better and better. Like Andy was just saying there, this is probably the best Scotland pool of players, and certainly in my lifetime, I'm about ages with Andy, um, that that I can remember. Um, just the, the, the strength and depth that we've got is fantastic. Do you think it's, this team's got it within them, Josh, to to go on the front foot and try and attack teams from the start and run over the top of teams or whatever that some fans want? Is that do we have that within us? You know, but what does that mean, right? Because you're going out against away to Israel and people are wanting us to go um, to go gung ho. And I know that you know there's this whole thing that oh, you gave them too much respect and that, but right tonight, for example, we've got. You know, the, we've got the Faroe Islands. We can go gung ho because they're not really, they're not good enough. Um, and we'll go and, and we'll run over them. You know, we'll, we'll win three or four now. I'll tell you I, what, Josh, I, do do me a favour, hang on the line um, because I think the Scotland team is out. So, Andy, go, give us give us your prediction for the Scotland team first, and we'll see how it matches up. Right, I think that 
I don't think Jack Henry will play. I think he'll be out. Right, okay. I think we all, we all agree that Craig Gordon will, will certainly come in mm-hmm. for for uh, David Marshall. I, I, I would like to see Dykes and Che Adams pair with each other up right. front. Uh, and in the sense of being a bit more attacking, maybe McTominay dropping back into defence and Fraser for O'Donnell. Ryan Fraser as a wing back. Yeah, oh, he's played there before. He's played there before. It's a big shout. For Scotland, uh, and as we well. knew John McGinn was going to put. Is, is he right, Alison? <laughs> he's been. Is somebody giving him the team? Oh, I don't know. Honestly, he's just he's just sharp. He's sharp that way. Unbelievable. Yep, Craig Gordon does come in to the starting eleven for David Marshall, Shea Evans, Shea Adams, and Lyndon Dykes both start tonight as well. So I'll just give you the starting eleven because I've just been handed. It's Craig Gordon in goal. Then it's Andy Robertson, Grant Hanley, Kieran Tierney, John McGinn, Scott McTominay, Lyndon Dykes, Callum McGregor, Ryan Fraser, Shea Adams, and Kenny McLean. The bench: Marshall McLaughlin, McDonnell, Henry, Armstrong, Christie, Fleck, Gallagher, McKenna, Nisbet, McBurney, and Palmer. You forgot Kenny McLean You were going to say him Weren't you? I was going to say, say him He was the one I was a wee bit in doubt about right. I thought him Maybe Armstrong mm. Christie He was the one in doubt But I forgot to say him Right go on then Stephen Sire relief Shape them up for us What's that looking like tonight? Yeah I think it's a back three Of McTominay Handling Kieran Tierney He thinks but Come on With Fraser and Robertson As wing backs With McGregor and Kenny McLean Behind John McGinn Who's supporting Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes Josh are you happy with that? Happy enough um, Kenny McLean's always been brilliant In a Scotland shot um, you know, people people say that he's you know he's, he's one of the less glamorous names, but he's, he's a fantastic footballer, Kenny McLean. So I'm happy enough with that. Um, I suppose we're losing a wee bit in terms of putting Scott McTominay at centre back, um, but you know you've got Fraser out on the right there. He's got so much pace, and he'll be you know he'll be running up in that right wing like Nate's business. That'll that'll be good. Um, McTominay will offer us more than Jack Henry did the other night in terms of an attacking kind of. Centre back outlet. Um, so yeah, um, overall very happy. Interested to see how this kind of Dykes Fraser uh, Dykes Adams partnership um, will, will go. Um, I, I don't really watch any English football, so I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Maybe one of the guys will say, "Does Adams play in a, in a front two at all?" For is it Southampton? Isn't it? Yeah, he does at the moment. We had the. South, or Southampton expert His name escapes me Apologies He's probably not listening He's probably done with us um, But on the, on the day He got called up Talking about how he does Operate now in a two But has played up front Himself before But probably prefers um, A partner Think that'll work Yeah I played with Shea Adams um, Chef United When he first came So um, Came to us Kind of played off the wing But um, Played as a, f- a front two With Southampton 4-4-2 four, four, And um, yeah I think The big man with the wee man Should work tonight Final word to you Josh Thoroughly looking forward to it. Guys will be second in the group at the end of it. Um and I think I think across this campaign we will we will finish second in the group. I love your positivity. You can come back anytime. That was Josh 01419511025. We've just given you that Scotland team. What do you make of it? Let us know. We'll hear from you and Stevie Clark next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen McGinn and Andy Halliday are here What a sigh of relief Stephen McGinn honestly he's a, he's a changed man Because he knew that team from 6 o'clock He was trying his hardest to keep it under wraps Now it's out there The secret is out And uh, he can relax into the rest of the show If you missed it um, Craig Gordon comes back in in goal tonight um, It was the back three Scott McTominay's back in there Grant Hanley 
and Kieran Tierney Andy Robertson and Ryan Fraser are the wing backs uh, which leaves a, a midfield of and I'm doing this off the top of my head Callum McGregor and Kenny McLean then John McGinn um, he's going to support the likes or the front two Dykes and Adams we got that right yeah we got yep. it in the end good stuff what do you make of it 01419511025 on the phones um, let's go straight back actually we'll hear from Stevie Clark in a second but I think recent air is more important Reese, what are you making of that tonight? Um, absolutely delighted with the changes glad to see that Ryan Christie isn't in the team and John McGinn will be the, the player that is playing off the strikers for me I just think he gives you a lot more very very happy to see that he's changed no, no the problem at right back I phoned in last week about Nathan Patterson and I didn't get shot done kind of thing but it was basically I agreed that you know it was maybe a bit too soon for Nathan Patterson but my problem with O'Donnell was he just doesn't give you enough going forward so I'm glad that he sorted that out and put Ryan Fraser in there but I had another, another question for Andy Halliday and one of the previous calls that phoned in I heard, I heard them saying that this is the best Scotland team they've seen in their lifetime I'm 29 years of age and I think the the Scotland team between 2006 and 2008 was by far a better team. I mean, I don't see any Barry Ferguson's or James McFadden's in this team. Ooh, it's a good one. Yeah, I mean, um, for by me, far for, better. Uh, well, I never said that. No, no. Reese is saying the 06-08 is, is I mean, far better. Listen, Barry Ferguson, in my opinion, is the best Scottish midfielder of my generation. James McFadden. You and me both, Andy. You and me both. Well, we can agree on that. But James McFadden. Yeah. Was uh, unbelievable careful, for Scotland, yeah. unbelievable for Scotland. But was was he doing what, what what John McGinn's been doing in the Premier League? Is he doing what Kieran Tierney's been doing in the Premier League? Andy Robertson's been doing the Premier League. Mm. Kieran, I mean, Kieran Tierney has been by far the best player for Scotland in these past two games. I mean, Kieran Tierney is starting to really really show his class and his metal. I mean, he's just gliding by players as if they're absolutely nothing. Kieran Tierney's impressed me, Andy, but. For me, I mean, if you look back to that Scotland team, Lee McCoggs and that in there as well, your Paul Hart, there was plenty of experience and wealth in that team as well. Darren Fletcher's, just because you're playing in the Premier League doesn't give mean you're a better player. I mean, Ollie McBurnley's probably the prime example of that. I'd rather have a James McFadden than an Ollie McBurnley. Yeah, but McBurnley's not, not starting, is he? And by the way, this is not... I've, I, I liked them both. I That was the, my kind of... My era, Reece, I'm a similar age to you, and I, I love that team as well. You, you look at the, the famous one, the win in Paris, um, with Gordon Hutton... McManus We are Alexander um, And you know Reese says And quite rightly These guys were good This is not me Trying to criticise them Stephen he says You know Lee McCulloch's Paul Hartley's Scott, Scott McTominay Like the level That he's playing at Stuart Armstrong's You don't need you To, to tell us You know The, the levels that, that John's been hitting Recently so Yeah I, th- I think There's probably Similarities Between the two teams And um, probably Even with the managers As well um, Feel as if And, and it would be Quite nice I was thinking this In the way The way he are him be quite nice for Steve Clark was to be here for the next four, six, eight years, whatever, the next few campaigns, and really take take these boys through and really develop the squad and and keep getting it better. Because my memories of the two thousand and six, two thousand eight mm. campaigns where it went came and gone too soon. Yeah, and we were competing with France and Italy, but Walter Smith went to Rangers, Alex McLeish went to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And could could we have with this talented squad of players continue with with the same manager and, and go through and really build on what we've got with this Euros? And I mean, Reese, I know I'm opening a whole different debate about his form for Scotland, but but this current Scotland squad's got an English Premier League and Champions League winner in it as well. Are you? I'm I'm all for opinions. I, I don't necessarily disagree, but are you sure that the 06 to 08 team was far better? The word far is troubling me. 
I'll get you right Not, not, <laughs> not far right. better But you, you can't tell me That you're Paul Hartley's And Liam I mean Liam Collett Was a Premier League player but Any of the players In that team Albeit they might have been With the old firm teams At the time Who were both by the way Playing in the Champions League And getting to the UEFA Cup Finals And things like that You know these players Were playing at a very Very high level also And they were the cream Of the crop in Scotland At the time There was nobody good enough That was playing down south To get in their teams At the time Players like Stephen Whitaker's Alan Hutton's Barry Ferguson's James McFadden's Paul Hartley, even Gary Caldwell and Stephen McManus, they were absolutely solid at the back for Scotland. And club form, maybe it was different, but when that team got together for Scotland, in my opinion, they were a proper team. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's no doubt they were. They were a fantastic team and came ever so close. And, and obviously that famous campaign, but let's not even just the players that's in the squad. Let's look at the players that can't get in the squad. I mean, let's start with somebody that's in the squad but you know can't get in the team. John Fleck, for me, was, was Sheffield United's best player in the Premier League last year. Billy Gilmore, we're talking about talent, is for me undoubtedly the next big thing that's going to hit Scotland. He can't get in the squad. David Tumble can't get in the squad. He's been Celtic's best player for six months. You know, you mentioned Reece, uh, Nathan Partison. Reese mentioned Nathan Partison. Sorry, another one who who you've got to think can have a, a really really promising uh, career and break us, break into the Scotland squad. So it's not just the pool of players we've got available. Mm. It's it's the pool of players that actually didn't even make this this final squad. No, no Lee Griffiths, James Forrest, or Ryan Jack in this this one either. Yep. Do you think that this Scotland team is brave on the ball? Mm. I, my, my point is that Scotland team was brave on the ball. They weren't feared to come up against MD. I just think that Scotland team could nah, be much Reece, braver and much more aggressive. Reece, but I mean, you're saying brave on the ball. These players are playing for Premier League teams where, where there is games where they've got 60 70% possession. Sometimes it's just down to style of play. Mm. The way the manager wants to play is obviously a little bit different to do how they do at club level. And what they're doing is still working. They're still doing it extremely well. So I, 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 can't, I, I wouldn't sit here and say that. These players aren't brave on the ball It's a different challenge as well I'm not even really disagreeing I'm just trying to make sure we explore all the, the, the elements to the argument Stephen Because that group was was different in this, We were major underdogs against France Let's not kid ourselves They were amazing results But the France games we, we oh. had to ride a lot We had to stink the place what. out and, and make sure we got something that, That's that's a different challenge isn't it? My, my memories from that, that, that era was probably Kenny, McLean, eh, Kenny Miller playing up front in his own um, so we built from the back There is huge similarities with, Between the two squads And the campaigns And it's probably the best The best way to compare it Is we're now at, at that stage Where we actually have Premier League players On the bench Not making squads Celtic Rangers players As I said David Turnbull One of Celtic's best players Can't get in the squad I mean we are making huge strides mm. So it would just be it's good that we're actually finally having that type of debate. Yeah, because to be fair, I think we, Risa, I thought it started as if we were comparing like for like, as in man for man. But now you've gone on to talk about the the team overall, the way they approach things. I think that's fine because there's yeah, always room. I for... I mean, listen, it's a fair argument. But, uh, I, I still think this squad of players right now is doing pretty well. Uh, you know, like we said, it's not the it's not the start to the campaign uh, that we're looking for. But we've still got you know two games against Faroes, two games against Moldova, twelve available points that you like to think that. With the squad of players have got it can, more than capable of getting maximum points, but that I mean that squad again was was extremely talented. There's similarities between both. I'm not saying for a minute I think this this team is far better. I feel as if the the pool of players that's available to Steve Clark is is the best mm. we've had in a long time. Uh, Reese, want to revisit that other point as well because I'm sure Stephen will have the the insight to it. You think that can you know getting John McGinn closer to the strikers, um, that's the way to go. 100% I think he's been phenomenal In a Scotland jersey I mean he's, he's, he, he does the business For Aston Villa as well Obviously but I don't know He just seems to have a wee hang I mean I think it was, what, He scored 6 or 7 goals In 30 appearances Or something like that 
No, that, that's no easy feat to come by. So I like him playing off the striker. I like him closer to the opposition's box. I think that's where he comes more alive. Um, I think he's better than Christie in that position. That was the point I was going to make before, obviously, the team news came out. You know, if, if he was going to be playing two up front and one behind the striker, I was hoping it was going to be John McGinn and no Ryan Christie because his conversion rate is also much better than Christie's. Stephen, where do we get the best out of John in a Scotland jersey? Yeah, well, I, I, I would probably agree with Colour. Um, it's high up um, playing off the strikers. Um, at Aston Villa this season, he's been playing the deeper, the change formation, and um, I don't think he'll. I mean, to get in the team, sometimes Jack Grealish is the number 10 and he's the one that plays behind the striker at Aston Villa and no complaints there, but I would say he does all his best works higher up the pitch and um, I think he can even add more goals to his, um, to his yeah. game. I think he's been disappointed with how many goals he's actually got this season. I know he's been playing deeper, but um, even said in the, after the Austria game it was a bit of a monkey off his back because he has been worried about his lack of goals and it has been his first one for a while, so... Um, we're looking for him to, to add to that tonight well, you, Talk us through the moment where you see the overhead kick I take it you're just in the living room Watching that thinking That's a good cross to the back through. post <laughs> uh, No I mean Watching John It's, it's funny because he's just, he just tends to have these big moments In big games um, you, It's weird that You start to You get to a level where he's playing top of the Premier League And playing for Scotland all the time I don't know how but you kind of get used to it And then all of a sudden he hits with that big moment um, You're starting to worry about another campaign going wrong after the first game And then he just pulls it back in with, with a goal that I've never seen him try before So, so you, didn't, you didn't teach him that in the back garden or anything? No, no. and if I tried that now I'd be, <laughs> I'd be me done uh, Yeah, I mean Andy, it was We, we kind of said in, the, in the, the times after uh, Reese mentioned guys like James McFadden you, Every international team, or us certainly You're kind of looking for that guy that, that might just pull you out a hole yep. John's, <coughs> John's kind of done that for, for Scotland recently And I'm sure we'd want to do it again Yeah he has And I mean Stephen mentioned He's probably disappointed With the amount of goals He's, he's got for Aston Villa But he's done it for Aston Villa You know you, you look at the playoff final You look at his His goal at the first game of the season Against Tottenham away last season He scored against Liverpool He scored against I think Arsenal at the Emirates Am I right? So he's scored in these big games He's done it at club level And you know He's, 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 he's thankfully for us Doing it for Scotland In big moments over the last couple of years What is it about that role then That suits Stephen Because it Maybe can it kind of on on paper, it's maybe not the 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 type of player you, that you would associate with being close to the strikers. Is that fair? Am I being am I being unkind there? Yeah, well, well early on his career, I mean, at Hibs, his biggest strength was kind of driving the game from deep and yeah. the big passes, uh, the big diagonals to Martin Boyle and stuff like that. But I suppose when you're playing at a, the the next level, um, there's guys that can do that. And what he has got is probably developed an, a knack of being in the right place and and hitting the box constantly. And he has. Um, Pulled out this left foot shot That he didn't have at Hibs That he's now added <laughs> to his game So yeah um, Yeah and I know he enjoys it I mean there's less There's less discipline involved There's less kind of worrying about The defensive side And you can really go And, and, and his job is to, to add goals and, But and St- Stephen for me That's that, that's why I think sometimes He's good in there Because it, you know you, t- you talk about players That are conventional number 10s they, Sometimes they play off the game A little bit too much You know they try and no, it's always it's always good to stay in the position and, and try and wait for the ball to come to you. But John will be the type of player that if you know if he feels on the periphery of the game a little bit, he'll do everything he can to get involved. And he can be box to box. He's you know he's full of energy. And like you said, when you're somebody that's got as much energy and you, you're available to get box to box, you do get in the right areas at the right time. Yeah, and he and he's and and a lot of team a lot of teams talk about the the pressing from the front, and he he's the one that sets it when when he's there. He he knows he mm. he, he takes on the onus of I'll go and get after the ball and I'll get the boys up with me and. He did it last year for Villa. Um, obviously, more disciplined role for them this season. But 
tonight I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one that sets it and he's the one that gets after the Pharaohs right from the start uh, Reese, that was a pleasure Good debate that I think we could have done that all night Thank you to Reese in air We're going to speak to Jerry next It's one of the great debates About this Scotland team We'll hear from Jerry next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's League leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen McGinn and Andy Halliday are here You can get in touch on the phones Or on Twitter We are one hour away from kickoff Between Scotland and the... Faroe Islands So get your thoughts in On the, the team lineup tonight Jimmy D says This is the strongest team Well done Clark Why not play this team In the previous two matches He then gets a little bit insulting So I won't, won't bother reading that out um, Just in case I don't want to be too I want to be too unfair um, So at least um, have Balanced up though By loads of people Who are not I'm not too happy With the team tonight This is always um, And do you know what What a great debate right Because Hugh says The caller Reese is bang on This was Reese who said That the 06 to 08 team was far better than this one and um, then Bricks and last one out says I okay caller last this guy's having a laugh so there's a bit of um, a bit of a debate on that one I think both sides always good to see on Twitter what about the phones let's go to Jerry um, what's on your mind tonight Jerry Hi Gordon um, I just want to talk about it's the whole Kieran Tierney Andy Robertson debate which we seem to have all the time and I think you guys kind of touched on it tonight and um, if you'd asked me two years ago um, who's the better player, it's not really a debate because Andy Robertson was winning the Champions League with Liverpool and Kieran Tierney was struggling to get into the Celtic team due to his fitness. Um, but you look at it now and for me, Tierney has been a better player in a poor Arsenal team whereas Robertson has been a poor player in a poor Liverpool side this season. And here's the thing as well, right? We always play play Kieran Tierney out of position to accommodate Robertson, whether it's at centre-half, right-back, left-wing-back, whatever it may be. Why is that? Is that not because Kieran Tierney is actually a better all-round footballer than Robertson? You know, we don't we never ask Robertson to play right-back or centre-half, but we always put Tierney in those positions. If Robertson was a better footballer, wouldn't it make more sense to actually play him in a weaker position and let a weaker footballer, Tierney, play in his more comfortable position but we don't do that we play Tierney mm. out of position and I, and I think that's because he is a better footballer I don't want us to get into I know this might see a daft thing to be bothered about I don't want us to get into a, we already are a Stephen Gerrard Frank Lampard debate that England had for years um, no I think Stephen Gerrard was actually a better player than Frank Lampard but Frank Lampard was a more successful player and I think we're, we're in a similar situation now with Robertson and Tierney because Robertson's playing at a higher level he's won the Premier League and the Champions League we naturally have him, and he's the captain, we naturally have him solidly locked in for that left-hand role, despite whether he's in form or not. Whereas I think Tierney, and I'm not just saying he's a Celtic fan, but I do think Tierney is a better player and is now showing that in the Premier League and international than Robertson. So I just feel that, I don't think Stephen Cl- Steve Clark is going to make that decision. I think he's always going to try and shoehorn both those players in, even to the detriment of the team. And I just, I just think that's the wrong way to go. Take us away Which one of you wants to tackle that It's, it's, it's the never ending debate Yeah, It is But what I will say is Andy Robertson had the third most assists In the English Premier League last year uh, You know you can say it was a better Liverpool team But it doesn't matter He was still a huge part of it And the big part about that was He was a real attacking threat um, At the left back slot So I'm form, not going to get into this season. I, well, I was going to say I'm not going to get in a debate of who's better at Tierney and Robertson. What I will say is Scotland are very, very lucky to have two players playing at the highest level and playing, you know, two very, very good players. I do believe Tierney is in better form for Scotland. Uh, Robertson's probably not had his best season at club level, so I do understand Jerry's point. But Andy Robertson's a fantastic attacking wing back. 
there may be an argument that Tierney's actually a better 1v1 defender which may be why he's slotting into the back three as uh, that Steve Clark said but even in that position Tierney's actually been allowed in, in quite a few games to, to adventure up the pitch and still be an attacking outlet the biggest one for me was Serbia uh, you know he played left of the back three in Serbia away from home and I, I, can, I can still picture two of the three of the crosses that he put into the box actually in the left wing back slot uh, in that game so there has been you know, incidents where he's still allowed to adventure forward and, and be a part of it but it's like I said I mean Andy Robertson's a world class for me world class and a big part of that is down to his, his attacking threat You can make a case that it's a compliment to Tierney that two different managers Gordon Strachan and now Steve Clark have had a look at it and decided well Kieran Tierney can still give me big performances at right back at left of a three and it is the most Scotland thing ever that we have two players playing for Arsenal and Liverpool yeah. and they're both left back so it's really hard to make a case to, to pick one and not try and fit them in mm. it, it is just hard so maybe it is a compliment to Kieran Tierney that they've looked at it and thought he's more adaptable and he can be the one that, that moves mm. position I mean Jerry what, what the, the obvious solution then are you taking us down the road of don't care if Andy Robertson's won this that or the next thing or if he's the captain that, that he should be left out is that how far you're going with it? so much you know I, I just feel that we're trying to shoehorn them in um, when you know a, a brave manager look you don't you had two world class goalkeepers at one point with Craig Gordon and Alan McGregor you're not going to play one of those guys as a winger and I know it's a oh, different I know it's not the same thing I know I know but you, you know what I'm trying to say here right they're both in the same they're both ultimately left backs you know Tierney is not anything else I know you're saying he can play in those positions but that is, that is the point I'm making here Stephen's saying well you know Tierney should take it as a compliment but why don't you play Robertson out of position? You know, why why can't he play it right back? But they might have decided that he, he can't. They might have had a look at it in training and, and decided that it doesn't work the same and Kieran Tierney can still hit the high level that Robertson maybe can't out of position. Um, and plus it's been a success. We've got to our first major tournament with them both playing and with Kieran Tierney playing out of position. Because yeah, I suppose, Jerry, and it's difficult, but I suppose if... People keep saying We're not getting the best Out of Robertson He's, he's, a, he's a left back he's, he's not a left wing back And now we've got Two guys who are Kind of out of position Because you're asking Tierney to be more defensive And Robertson's playing A wing back But it, the, the compliment bit That Stephen's talking about We might not be getting The best from From, from Robertson but, but Tierney's performances Are still at a really High level for Scotland Oh they are There's, there's no doubt And this, this is the point no, how, how good would Tierney be If he could just play in his natural position in a system that suits him. And I know that there's a debate that the you have to play the players you have within the system you have rather than, you know, setting up a system for certain players. But I just feel that Kieran Tierney, you know, is, is being um, held back slightly by the, the tactics of Scotland. Again, I'm not... I, Andy Robertson, for me, is a, is a world-class one-trick pony. You know, I know that's going to sound uh, offensive, but it, it's true he is a terrific a footballer and what he does Tierney has got so much more to offer um, and maybe I'm contradicting myself saying that, that you know that's why he plays in those different positions but I just I just I don't want us to go into position this summer where we're still having this debate time after time after time I wish the manager would be able to just make a decision um, and stick with it I don't I mean I can't agree with Robertson's a one trick pony I, I just don't think you you play in Liverpool's um, team as the as the the main starting left back. The you know Champions League winners, Premier League winners, has, has been a one trick pony. I, listen, I do get the criticism that he's not he's not finding the same form for his national team that he he obviously hit at club level last year. But um, you know to touch on again what 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 Stephen said and what I mentioned earlier, I do feel as if 
as a left centre half and you're playing with a left wing back beside you that, that can be adventurous and can get forward sometimes you actually get caught out in the left back position in 1v1 situations I actually do feel as if Tierney's a better 1v1 defender than Andy Robertson which to, to tie in with what Stephen says maybe that's why Steve Clark prefers him in that left centre half role because I mean there is a lot of incidents when you know if if, if Scotland are attacking and in transition Scotland, Scotland are actually in a back four and, and, and Tierney's actually in the left back slot and so sometimes it does suit him maybe it does hinder him a little bit to, to, to get forward and join into the, the, the plane and attack a, a wee bit more but it's still something that he's done quite regularly in this position and like Stephen said it, it's working you know we're not maybe not finding Andy Robertson the, the problem with that is right, I mean it kind of is we've had some we've looked solid at times ultimately we've qualified for the Euros but people are now looking at it right here and now and saying well the first half the other night Against Israel was really poor And the second half was much better When we just went to a back four Now Kieran Tierney then plays Centre back in a back four But ultimately it's Is it, you know it, Is it the system then? Is it, does yeah, it but, need to be a, a back four? But maybe maybe that can be a tweak in a game Where you're going after a game I don't think if, if Scotland are playing away to France tomorrow I don't think anybody wants them to go a back four With Kieran Tierney as centre half So uh, you know it's it, It's another it's another notch in Scotland's belt that they, they can change to that if they have and that, that ties in with the you know the the, the squad of players that, that Steve Clark's got available and one of the biggest strengths about the current system Steve Clark's going with is how good Kieran Tierney is in that position um, absolutely outstanding against Serbia in, in mm. the game we won on penalties so he's that important to the system if Andy Robertson missed a game through suspension there's probably a half a case for Steve Clark maybe just to keep Tierney there and maybe play another left-sided player on the left wing. He's been that key, key to it. Yeah. All right, thank you, Jerry. I, don't, I doubt we've heard the end of that debate, but it's always good. Thanks again. Let's bring in Kevin in Motherwell. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? He's all right? Oh, good, thanks. What's your point tonight? Good. Uh, I was actually going to have a wee go at Steve Clark and his tactics, but um, after hearing the starting 11, I think I'll give him a free pass. I think I'll just, I think I'll just part that. Oh, very kind uh, of I, I, just, I just wasn't happy with the Israel game. I thought, we should be taking three points against them. I mean, they're they're not a good side. They're a half decent side, and we should be going to places like that and taking three points. And I just think the first half was a wee bit embarrassing. The second half was much better. I just don't know why we don't start like that rather than you know wait till we got a goal down and chase it. Um, so I'm happy with the, the, the night squad. Though I think that's the, the right way to go. I think the two boys up front, uh, they like to do that. So hopefully they can give the Pharaohs a are doing the night and uh, get, get us three points. I think the, the main point, I said before on Monday about this, is this was the whole Billy Gilmore de- debate um, with, that he should be in the squad. I don't think he should be anywhere near the, the Scotland squad when we're playing the big teams like Austria or really important games like away to Israel. I just don't think he should be anywhere near it. And, and the reason, I heard the panel as well, I think it might have been Hugh, um, comparing the situation to Jude Bellingham uh, well Jude Bellingham if England are playing Jude Bellingham then I mean we should be playing Billy Gilmore it's, it's apples and oranges Billy Gilmore's played like 8 or 9 games or eight, played, had 8 or 9 appearances for Chelsea this season all like I think most of them in the cup and Jude Bellingham's played 35 for Borussia Dortmund there's just no fair comparison that, that guy's playing on a regular basis in a really good league for a massive club Billy Gilmore is one for the future and I don't think it would be fair on him either chucking him in against a really mm. strong Austria team or chucking him in against Israel I think I would have liked to have seen maybe the night of fair fair dues against Pharaohs but I don't see the whole I don't agree with this whole clamour that he must be in the squad Yeah I mean I think you're right in, in that comparison and um, 
You, you talk great sense, Kevin. Because I did. I made that point as well. Someone was speaking in general terms and saying, "Let's not get too bogged down with age." I think it was with regards Patterson and Gilmore. Don't worry about age because look at Jude Bellingham. And I did then say, "Well, I'm not sure about that because he's played Champions League this season. It's, he's got over 30 Bundesliga games, so you're not you're not really um, comparing." But in relative terms, is it? Similar because we don't have the options that England do. Well, it's an area of the squad that's really competitive. Sure. Um, as Andy said, there's a John Flex plays every week in the Premier League for Sheffield United um, and hasn't played any minutes in this uh, this week. So I've got no doubt in my head that if Billy Gilmore was playing football every week for Chelsea, or if he'd been allowed to go on loan and playing football, I've no doubt he'd be in this squad. But it's too competitive an area to just call up someone that's not playing. Yeah, I think I mentioned it on the show, I think it was three, four weeks ago, that I thought Billy Gilmore's window to get into the Scotland squad for the Euros was, was over when the January window shut. I thought that was a real area where he could he could go somewhere and, and get regular games and just show how good a player everyone knows he is. And you know what made me laugh that, that Thomas Tuchel came out and says that you know, Scotland should seriously consider calling up how good the player is. So, well, play him then. Well, play him. Because yeah. we've seen he's that good. We've seen he's that good for Chelsea. You know, in big games as well against you know Liverpool and, and Everton. So, we all know the quality he's got. But I do feel as if that window got a lot slimmer when he never went out and got regular football in January. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk/slash-football. What a standard in the studio tonight! Andy Halliday, who's been on regularly, still never lost at Beat the Pundit. Stephen McGinn, we've not had the pleasure of your company in a while, but you've played a few times at Beat the Pundit. Have you ever lost either? No I didn't think so What a standard Let's see what you're made of out there 0141 951 1025 Your chance to beat the pundit And what a scalp it would be Is next Tackle the headlines 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen McGinn and Andy Halliday are here We're building up to kick off on a big night for Scotland Scotland against the Faroes We've given you the team What do you make of it? Are you feeling confident? How do you see the game going tonight? All the usual pre-match questions Is there something else on your mind though That you want to hear? Absolutely Pick up the phone And uh, change the tune The Scottish Cup this weekend We're going to look at some of the big fixtures Start turning our attention to them Some big fixtures this weekend So we'll do that very soon We're going to speak to the Falkirk manager Lee Miller Of course they take on Celtic On Saturday evening uh, Let's do this first though Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football It is beat the pundit time Andy Halliday Unbeaten In his stint On Clyde One Super Scoreboard This season We've not had Stephen McGinn's company In a while But going back Unbeaten as well So the standard is high Ian and Uddingston can you knock one of these two off a perch? I'll try my best. Okay, not quite as confident sounding as I'd hoped, but that's <laughs> fine. I don't mind that either because you don't want to you don't want to get too confident and then get no, embarrassed. No. That's fine. We'll toss the coin. Um, heads, it will be Stephen McGinn. You never know. Maybe a bit rusty, Ian. Not played in a while. Maybe the pressure will get to him. Uh, in fact, Andy, you had a few weeks off as well. To be no, fair. I did. I did two weeks ago. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Remember right. the boy said uh, uh, you asked where did. Um, Slavia Prague What country Slavia Prague He said Prague, said Prague. Had, yeah, You're right How could I forget Right heads it is Stephen McGinn Tails it will be Andy Halliday And it is heads It's Stephen McGinn Feeling alright about that Back in the saddle Yeah Right okay right, Okay uh, Got some Big Celtic news to tell you about But we'll play this first um, Right here's what's going to happen I'm going to give you Some Clyde 2 Stephen 
So that you can't hear Ian's answers Ian, 30 seconds on the clock You're up against Stephen And you can pass That's the key thing to remember So if you don't know Just pass quickly, okay? Right, okay, right, let's go. 30 seconds and your time starts now. Who's the only Scotsman currently managing in the English Premier League? Pass. Who scored Wales' only goal against Czech Republic last night? Uh, Dan James. Which top flight teams get more yellow cards, Dundee United or Hamilton? Hamilton. Name either player to score more than two goals from the subs bench in Scotland's top flight this season. Um. Pass. Name any Scottish team Jimmy Calderwood's managed uh, Dunfermline How many of Stephen Kenny's 11 games As Republic of Ireland manager has he won? Zero Okay Not bad at all Let's bring Stephen McGinn back You ready? Yep Should join some Clyde too Yeah I keep, I keep repeating this Did you hear what we I st- stitched up D.L. and Wilson An absolute oh, belter on th- No that as well That's oh, right, two sorry. Producer Callum behind the scenes Pulled some strings last week So see rather than Clyde too um, we gave them like a really dodgy adult movie soundtrack to listen to <laughs> And you should have seen the look on their face Because they just had to stand there and suffer Well, suffer's maybe the wrong word But whilst the contestant was oh, gone You should that. have seen the look on their faces Anyway, Stephen, same set of questions to you Put 30 seconds on the clock Your time starts now Who's the only Scotsman currently managing in the English top flight? Uh, David Moyes Who scored Wales' only goal against Czech Republic last night? Uh, Dan James Which top flight teams Got more yellow cards Dundee United or Hamilton Dundee United Name either player To score more than two goals From the subs bench In Scotland's top flight This season uh, Lee Griffiths Name any Scottish team Jimmy Calderwood's managed Aberdeen Name any uh, How many of Stephen Kenny's 11 games As Republic of Ireland manager Has he won None Name any of Wraith Rovers Goal scorers from last Jamie night Jamie Gowan Oh, he's fast as well, Andy. How would you how would you rate that performance? Yeah, very good. As as the MVP this season of beat the pundit, is he is he performed well? Uh, I think he's got the most. I, I've got a couple of different answers, but oh. I still think they're right. Do you know what, Ian? I actually thought you were not bad. I thought you were good, Ian. But he sounded confident as well, didn't he? I, I think he's beat me with mm, Let's find out then. Uh, right, first one: the only Scotsman managing in the top flight. You're kicking yourself on that one, Ian, aren't you? Because it's one of them with a bit more time. Um, but Davy Moyes 1-0 McGinn uh, Who scored Wales Only goal last night Czech Republic uh, Daniel James You both got that So Stephen McGinn 2-1 up 50-50 chance here The top flight team Who's got the most yellows Dundee United or Hamilton It is Dundee United Just a oh. guess You're not going to tell me You knew that for nah, sure Are you right um, see, Sometimes Ian Better to be lucky than good He's now 3-1 <laughs> up uh, You hung in there though Because you knew Jimmy Calderwood Had managed Dunfermline Aberdeen Kelly Ross County You also knew That Stephen Kenny has won none So you're very much Hanging in there But he was already ahead And then he got through One more question Jamie Gullen Lewis Vaughan And Regan Hendry Were the choices So it was a six For Stephen McGinn And a three I think Was it a three for you Ian Not quite enough But a good performance Nevertheless <laughs> Cheers mate Good man Done. Thank you Ian Sent on his way I feel bad for him. I think on another night See if he's taking on a Well it depends on what We'll all be listening Don't want to slag them yeah, too much Matt, but... Matt Wilson I'll see it well, he's had a tough week, I must admit. Um, but I think yeah, I think Ian was all right. He was Ian all right. Was decent, he was decent, but yep. a man in form. I, 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 I would have passed on Moyes. There you go. If it was me, I took too long on Moyes. Like, but it's different when you're Here, got it in front he, of you. He, this is the thing, right? Here's the controversial one because Black Arthur sent the table in Europe. Played six one six in this calendar year. Mm-hmm. I think he'd have beat you tonight. Yeah. Potentially, mm-hmm. aye. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I said it in for the subs. Oh, Is that you? wrong? I, that's what I said. 
Eaton was right actually Oh was he yeah. Did I miss that question out I did I And I said, sorry, I said Henry Reagan Henry For the ref oh, goal as well right. so. Maybe I'm doing you a disservice Then I'm sorry No but I, 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 Generally I would yeah. have passed on Moyes Sorry I forgot that one When I was going over the answers The players who've scored More than two from the bench uh, Eaton or Clamalla mm. So there we go uh, Right um, 01419511025 on the phones At Clyde SSB on Twitter um, Breaking news coming out of Celtic tonight Celtic fans, give us your thoughts on this Celtic's head of football operations Nicky Hammond has resigned To pursue new opportunities Now, we very much link that role with recruitment You all tell us you've not been happy with the recruitment Maybe there's more to it But give us your reaction to that Nicky Hammond Celtic's head of football operations Has resigned Is that on the back of poor recruitment? Is it a, a sign of the, the kind of restructure That might be coming With a, a director of football And all the rest of it Whatever you think of that topic Pick up the phone That's a good one to kick us off uh, In the second hour 01419511025 Now I did say tonight We'd be slowly turning our attentions To the Scottish Cup um, At the weekend uh, some big games coming up I must admit um, We maybe won't Put these to Andy just yet He's still hurting I'm sure um, Don't want to get him In, in too much trouble um, Celtic against Falkirk Is one we're obviously Looking forward to On Saturday night And I'm pleased to say We're joined on the line By Falkirk manager Lee Miller Lee thanks for joining us How's it going? All good All good How you doing guys Alright yeah, Andy, no. Stephen Gordon All well All good thank you um, Mad schedule for you guys Lee You, you, you come <laughs> off the back Of last night and now the prospect of a trip to Celtic Park at the weekend. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, the boys are the boys are upbeat about it. Listen, we've got nothing to lose. We go into this game full of confidence, playing really well, um, got a good enough squad um, to cope with it. Um, but no, it's, it's a it's a tie we're looking forward to. Um, like I say, half of our boys probably haven't played at Celtic Park, um, so it's an occasion we'll look forward to and we'll we'll go there and try and put up a good account of ourselves. I think is that where I don't know the management style you adopt Lee but is that where your own experiences there and fairly recent experiences would you perhaps use them or put them across a bit more than you otherwise would for a different fixture yeah well I've asked the boys if they've scored at Celtic Park before so <laughs> threw that one in how many times are you reminding them of that every week <laughs> just a few the other week there <laughs> um, but no listen um, it's their experiences. It's a great experience. We've got a young squad, um, and we've got a few experienced players in. But to be honest, it's one of the games we, we're concentrating the league. We could have could have done without the game, to be honest. Um, but it's one of the ones we look forward to. We've got no pressure. We get into it, and we'll we'll see what happens on the day. Yeah, is it a bit different this season? Because I'm looking obviously at Cove. Funnily enough, but I'm going to. Say this And people are going to think I'm on some sort of One man mission To find footballers But coincidentally today I bumped into A member of Cove staff And I was also speaking To one of Lee's players Right This doesn't usually happen to me I'm pretty boring Keep myself to myself But uh, just lucky today um, And Both kind of made Similar points Lee of You know In a different season You've maybe got that Full house As well So that adds something else And the finances That come with it That added to the schedule That you guys have had And trying to catch up it, is it a bit less exciting than it that perhaps would normally be? It's it's stranger. The thing is, we've had, we've had Rangers in the Cup at our place. Would have been a packed house. Would have been a full house. Would have been great atmosphere. It would have been a great occasion for the club. Money-wise, it would be totally different. Now we'll get Celtic at Celtic Park. It's a totally different feeling within the club. Normally you're like really up for it. Oh, buzzing, we want to play Celtic. And 
but it's like there's no fans there. It's going to be a different atmosphere. It's got. It's just listen. It's it's strange times all round. Um, being a footballer in this climate, um, we're just we're just delighted to be back training, playing games, having a league to participate in. First and foremost. Um, so no, it's listen, it, is, it is what it is. Um, but we just we adapt to the the surroundings that we're we're uh, fortunate enough to have. Guys in the studio know fine well Cup shocks can happen Lee But you, you kind of need that belief to begin with Don't you Is there a genuine belief that despite all that that you're saying And you know some of it that's stacked against you That you can go and cause something Any comfort at all from the fact that Celtic Are maybe not feeling about as good as a, a good about themselves As they have in previous seasons Do you know We can only concentrate on ourselves We can set up um, We'll set up to go and try and win, win the game obviously um, but it's a tough ask. Obviously, Celtic have got quality. They could change it. They could make six or seven changes and still have quality throughout. We'll make changes. Um, there's no hiding away from that fact. Um, we need to utilise our squad because our bread and butter is the league. We need to get out of this league. Simple as that. So it gives other boys an opportunity to go and show us what they can do. And uh, like I say, we've only been back three, four weeks now. Um, so they're going to be miles ahead of us. Same as a broth there. Uh, the other week when we beat them um, We're going up there Full of confidence Not expecting much Yeah we set up to win the game And we end up Ultimately winning the game But No it's, Like I say I'll keep saying it It's, it's an occasion We'll go there um, With a smile on our face And we'll go and play the way We want to play Yeah I, I suppose The other way of spinning it you know, I, I'm mentioning Celtic Maybe not as rampant And as confident But th- Is there also in the back of your head Maybe It's a Celtic team With a renewed focus On the Scottish Cup this season yeah, of course, of course. It's a trophy to be there, um, to be to be played for. Um, so I'm sure they'll they'll definitely be taking it serious, as will we be. Um, but like I say, it's it's one for the boys to look forward to. Um, myself and David haven't managed at Celtic Park, um, so no, it's an an occasion if anything else, and it's good for the club. I just wish I could be fans there. Um, from both sides Yeah. Uh, just finally before we let you go then How are you feeling about the, the league business You're talking about that being the absolute priority Trying to get promoted Maybe a bit of a, a frustrating one last night Our old pal uh, Jim Duffy managing uh, To get the draw there That combined with, with Cove's win it's, it's, it's looking interesting at the top of that division isn't it? Yeah as it's very tight It's very tight We're in a good position um, Albeit we dropped points last night um, It was a tough fixture um, And it, made it, fr- it was a frustrating, a frustrating night for us um, but no, we've we've got a really good squad and we're uh, we're, we're playing with confidence. We've had a few good results recently, so no, we can only um, get our boys ready for the next game. And they'll cliche take every game as it comes, and we'll look forward to the Celtic game. Then we'll we'll kick on after that again. Good man, Lee. It was a pleasure to speak to you. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you soon. Nice one, thanks, Gordon. Take it easy, boys. All the best, care, mate. Good man. That was Lee Miller, Falkirk manager, giving us our first preview of the week ahead of some of the Scottish Cup games. Celtic against Falkirk, uh, just one of them that we're looking forward to. Loads to get our teeth into. Kickoff times are a bit ropey. That one's half seven um, on Saturday night. Uh, Rangers on Sunday evening as well. In fact, we've got some on Monday, so they're all uh, sort of spread out all over the place. But loads to look forward to, and I'm sure we'll get back to that later in. The week Right I told you Breaking news tonight Is this the beauty of live radio Or what um, Nicky Hammond Has left Celtic's Head of football operations role To pursue new opportunities um, Whatever that may mean Given the Criticism That Celtic's recruitment Has had this season And I'm sure there's more to the role But on a very basic level Would it be a safe assumption That most Celtic fans Won't be Too bothered by that news No I don't think so I mean 
the general chat is almost as if he'd already left when Neil Lennon left. Mm. Um, the chat has been who's going to be the new manager and who's going to be the new director of football. So I don't think anyone will be surprised, but I think they'll start to get a wee bit itchy feet about when this announcement's going to be made for the new manager. Let's bring in Brian, who's a Celtic fan, and we'll get Andy's thoughts. Andy, is that the kind of is that is that good news? Is that the way you see that tonight? Uh, with Brian. Oh, I'm absolutely ecstatic. I mean, this has been a long time coming, guys. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, rhyme off a short list, guys. Just gonna say Jack Hendry, Kuasi Abue, Tundai Benyu, Doris De Vries, Patrick Kamala, Barkas Ayete. Shane Duffy, Marvin Comper, Vacun Bayou. I mean, the list goes on and on, guys. It's not just the odd couple of signings. Do you know what I mean? This guy has brought in some of the worst rubbish I've ever seen at Parkhead in my lifetime. I mean, I'm just so glad that he's out the door. And I'm just hoping we can we can get back to some of the signing players that are actually decent. I mean, we went for like Stan Petrov, Nakamura, Sutton, Larson, to all this kind of rubbish. I mean, thank God that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, some of that list, Brian, wasn't wasn't Nicky Hammond. Some of them were before him, but the, the recent ones that he mentioned, well, obviously are. And and the thing about that, Rolandi, we'll never know that if were, were these all down to Nicky Hammond. How much did the management take Peter Lawwell? But ultimately, then if there's that level of accountability, they're not going to look good on on him. Yeah, but I think we can all agree he's had a big say on it. I think you know, being head of football operations, is a big part of your 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 job is recruitment. And you know, we've talked about Nicky Hammond. I don't think in this show's history I'd imagine we've spoke about a head of football operations man more than Nicky Hammond. But like 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 you mentioned, I don't think Celtic fans will be will be too disappointed and a lot of them will be siding with Brian that the fact of the matter is the recruitment of Celtic's been poor. Uh you know, you mentioned names, he missed out a few, but the fact of the matter is when when uh, Celtic signed seven, eight players last year, you can only really say one or two have been any real success and uh, you know Nicky Hammond's been a big part of that and the fact of the matter is Celtic have played a healthy sum in some of these players as well so never got the return that they were looking for and ultimately led to what was a poor season so we, we, we talked about a, a, a rebuild potentially going to go, be going ahead at, at, at Celtic Park and you know it's mm. it certainly started I guess whatever way you spin it Stephen it, it doesn't look particularly great for, for Nicky Hammond because if if he did have a lot to do with these signings, then then he needs to take part of the blame. And if he didn't, then what, what's what's going on there? What's what's wrong with the structure? Yeah, it's, it's it's a strange role in football in terms of the only people that really know exactly what they do and how good they have been. One is probably success on the pitch, and two are probably just people within telling you that, that they're good. Um, but before Nicky Hammond and during Nicky Hammond, it's not been a successful couple of years recruitment wise for Celtic and. I think that Celtic fans are looking forward to this next bit of the new manager and the new director of football coming in and a, a fresh slant on it and um, and and to make mm-hmm. that better because like this season James Forrest missing a big big chunk of it the recruitment's not good enough so you're losing James Forrest and there's nobody in to replace him. I mean the list is up. people people have now memorised the list haven't they like Brian to be fair rhymed off a couple and I did say that they were before um, you know some of the earlier ones the compares etc but it, it, it's kind of rolling off the tongue now a Yeti Barkas. The, the recent ones Duffy and, and it's been the same boys year in year out at Celtic McGregor Brown Forrest that have had to be at a real top level to keep delivering trophies and this year they've needed a bit of help um, they've not been at the top of their game they've missed weight games with injuries and been rotated but they've needed the help this year and, and that's when it's come down mm. back to bite them with the recruitment I mean Brian there's been a lot there it's obviously not all recruitment but is that is that is that one of the main factors for you? Definitely I mean Peter Wall's got to take a big 
part of this as well. Over the last six, seven years, I mean, the quality for Celtic about 10, 12 years ago has dropped massively. They went for getting to UEFA Cup finals, getting last 16 in the Champions League. They can't even get out of the Europa. I mean, the European results don't lie. Ferran Varos, I mean, Standard Liège, Sparta Prague. I mean, the list goes on and on, guys, of the, the mediocre teams that Celtic should be beating. Lincoln, Red Imps. I mean, it's not just been the last couple of years. It's been a good few years now. Celtic really need to get some decent quality in the building and start making themselves hard to beat again because I was I was speaking to Mark Wilson last week. I was on, guys. I don't know if you remember, but Celtic, the, I mean, the last three managers have not progressed Celtic in Europe and the results just don't lie anymore, guys. I mean, Celtic fans are sick and fed up with the rubbish coming through the door, the penny pension. I mean, they've spent between 30 and 40 million on crap players over the last five to six seasons. I've checked it. I've done my research. So Celtic really need to start spending this money a bit more wisely. Maybe get a superstar in and build a team around somebody like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, spending wise, that's what everyone wants to, to do, isn't it? And Celtic have had that level, they, they've done it before, they've seen the names again. These have now been memorised, the Van Dykes, Wan Yamas and, and so on. Um, and now it looks kind of like it's Rangers turn to unearth them. Andy, if you look, you know, Glenn Kamara's the, the prime example. It, it, it needs to go back to that. Whether it will be big big money on superstars, who knows? Yeah, exactly. And, and you, you never know, Celtic might have found one. And, and uh, the boy Liam Shaw for Sheffield Wednesday, it's a... You know, it's a it's an area in the transfer market that's been successful for Scotland clubs, especially Rangers over the last couple of seasons, and, and Celtic have dipped into it as well. So, you know, it's some of these signings that you mentioned, Glenn Kamara, Jory, but it shows you don't need to spend big to get the right players in. That's where ultimately Nicky Hammonds went wrong, and uh, the reason why he's not head of football operations at Celtic anymore. So, it'll be interesting times for for Celtic to see who they get uh, bring in now and, and make sure they get the right ones. Uh, thank you, Brian and Sterling. Deck says way too late the. Rubbish he brought to the club is still there. I had to just substitute a wee word in there in case you, you couldn't uh, figure that one out. Um, lots of Rangers fans wishing Nicky Hammond well on Twitter. I can see funny that that's kind of the way it works in this part of the world, isn't it? Um, Robertson says our rebuild continues, exciting times ahead. Um, which I, I guess is true. You're now adding to the list was it chief exec, manager, captain, head of football operations. There's a lot going on there, right? I'm excited about this. We've got two guys in the studio that between them have never ever lost on Beat the Pundit. It should be the case that they're going to be pretty good when they team up on this full time teaser. I'll give you the question next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Building up to kick off between Scotland and the Faroe Islands. Uh, two men on the television screen at the moment Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams. Not so long ago Imagine The suggestion That Lyndon Dykes Australian Lyndon Dykes And Shea Adams The guy you've seen In the English Premier League um, Up front for Scotland uh, But that's that's where we're at tonight And looking forward to seeing What they can do um, Let me give you tonight's Full time teaser Keep your calls coming in Celtic fans About Nicky Hammond One of you two Do you want to just say something About Nicky Hammond While I cough Because it's, it's about to happen And it's going to be really embarrassing So take it away uh, Nicky Hammond Has recently <laughs> just been released From his head of football Operations duties Celtic fans, can you call in and let us know? And you what feel? do you think of that news? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I I could imagine that we're going to get plenty of calls like like Brian that are that are more than happy than news. But it'll be interesting if there's anyone that's got a different opinion. Well, I think I'm back. That wasn't great. Um, Good, because I didn't like that. Uh, yeah, I think I'm alright. <laughs> just something there. I don't know what was happening. Um, Pat, is, I mean, I hope Mickey Hammond's not listening. To be honest, because. The, I, uh, there are not really any well wishes on, on Twitter here Pat says Thank goodness he's been a bigger disaster than John Barnes um, Again lots of Rangers fans sort of gloating Or thanking him sarcastically or whatever else But yeah the Celtic fans on there are not really 
I'm not really sad to see the back of Nicky Hammond, who might be a perfectly lovely man, but he's obviously in that type of role. Um, if it doesn't go well, you're going to get criticism on shows like this. We're going to bring in Frank, who, who is a Celtic fan, on that topic. Keep your Scotland calls coming. Uh, right, here's your question tonight, you two. Status. Not including players from the UK and Ireland. Name the nine players to have scored in more than ten English Premier League seasons. What longevity these guys must have. So, not including players from the UK and Ireland. Name the nine players who've scored in more than ten English Premier League seasons. Thank you to Dylan for <laughs> sending that in tonight. Dylan sent it to full time at Clyde1.com. Um any that's any that spring to mind? Um Terry Henry. Nope. Sergio Aguero. No. No, I I, I kinda thought that that's maybe why oh, the I question was being asked. Um but but no, no, apparently not. Dwight York? Yes, 14 seasons Dwight York scored in the English Premier League Some return He's actually top, which surprised me Yeah, yeah it's the most go. um, I mean, Good question that Is that Crazy Pony? No, it was Dylan tonight oh, Dylan, well done, yeah, Dylan. Dylan's, Dylan's firing anymore I mean, most of these guys are are, You know, strikers, goal-getters as, as you would imagine Nope Maybe think guys that played for a few clubs Or maybe get one Nicholas club for a spell Yes He's the answer to everything him. He really is Right 13 seasons there So Okay we'll leave it there And see what the guys um, Come up with um, Looking for the nine players Not including players From the UK and Ireland The nine players Who've scored in more than 10 English Premier League seasons uh, Let's bring in Frank Who is a Celtic fan Frank I'm assuming we probably told you the news Because it, it kind of happened When we were on air here that Nicky Hammond is away from your club. What do you make of that? It was very pleasant news. You couldn't have went quick enough. What are you basing just, that on then, the signings? I, I'm just hoping we Griffiths doesn't be the next one at the door because I don't like to lose him. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure what the... Whether that's particularly likely I've seen a number of people Stephen have phoned in recently And putting that two and two together And saying Will Lee Griffiths go to Aberdeen Whether there's anything in that Or whether it's the Scott Brown connection or not No I think Lee Griffiths Will want to play more football um, I think it probably suits Celtic fans to have Lee Griffiths Always there Always there And kind of Pop up with a goal But I think Lee, Lee Griffiths Will want to play more football And especially missing out In the Scotland squad I think mm. it maybe gets to a stage Where he's got to make a decision For his own career Yeah I mean Frank on on one hand you're saying good Because I'm assuming you don't think he did a good job um, no. But th- th- there's a lot of pieces now to be put in place isn't there Because it's captain, yeah. manager Structurally above them as well H- How do you see it all yeah, shaping up? Have you got men in mind? Well I think Eddie Howe will get the job That's who I'd prefer I'd prefer him to Roy Keane Because Roy Keane He's not got a good reputation with players The way he spoke to players at times yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that's the, the the kind of one from the outside everyone looks at, isn't it? Is the the, the character w- would it work? The interesting thing is going to be that if it's either of them, they've both been available. Yeah, right? they're, they're both they're both been available. So why now or, or why why in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, might be a perfectly good reason for that. But they've both been available. Yeah, I'm actually, to be honest, God, I'm actually surprised at how how favoured Roy Keane is for a Celtic job. Uh, just purely for the fact he's not been a manager since 2011 he's had a long period of, uh, out of the game of course he was the assistant manager uh, under Martin O'Neill at Republic Island but it seems as if it's a it's an appointment that, that Celtic fans are, 
are pretty pretty favourable uh, towards and mm. who knows how it will go Eddie Howe for example uh, sorry on the other hand he's he, he's he done a fantastic job at Bournemouth taking them through the leagues obviously mm. his, his, his spell at Burnley didn't go quite the same but when he was at Bournemouth he, he, he was often touted as the next England manager so he was someone that was very had a very high reputation down there and he's been a name that's been flung out for a, for a number of weeks Jesse Mars is the other one so I think there's um, there's certainly candidates out there that uh, that are interesting to Celtic. Um, I'm fascinated by the reactions on the show, Stephen, because and I don't like to speak on behalf of other people, but I feel generally what, what I've experienced is Eddie Howe. Some want him, some don't, but it's a sort of it's a, if they don't, it's a kind of gentle disagreement. It's like nah, not quite, not for me. Whereas Roy Keane's, it's like a complete split. You know, people, yes, that's the character we need. What a player, what a reputation. He'll kick some backsides. And then it's others No way No chance Not managed in 10 years Will fall out with everyone When I think Following on from Neil Lennon um, Roy Keane You would think Is a less experienced uh, Version of Neil Lennon As a manager um, Whereas Eddie Howe Has that kind of Brendan Rodgers factor Where they're going to Have a way of playing Everyone's going to know Their role And um, Even people that Maybe didn't Didn't think he's managed A big enough club Or didn't do well Anywhere apart from Bournemouth they still know in the back of their head at least there's going to be a plan um, in terms of the timing why he's been available Roy Keane's been available does it just become become nobody wants to get the job while Rangers haven't yet won the league and mm. don't be that guy that lost it on do you know what I mean yep. so get this season out of the way and then it's a fresh start for everyone with the captain the manager director football everyone leaving and because, fresh slant yeah I suppose the other side of that is because of the size of that rebuild and those people you name you know no time like the present sort of thing get get as much as much time to do it as you can yeah and, and if Eddie Howe takes the job tomorrow I mean your captain's leaving in five games mm. uh, potentially more obviously with the Scottish Cup but um, does he start to build a relationship with a guy that's already agreed to leave who would you rather play under Keane or Howe Eddie Howe for, mm. for those reasons you think you're more of a kind of Project manager That's a bit of a frustrating phrase That but is, is that, is that tell you what that? Goalies definitely agree with you The goalies at Celtic Must be They <laughs> must be so nervous At the prospect of Roy Keane Being the next manager How would he deal with Barca So that's Whoa. the next question Well I played against Bournemouth Right at the I think they were in League 1 At the time And um, got a bit of a chasing From the way they played that day And oh, Wasn't surprised to see them Kind of progress Obviously surprised to see mm-hmm. them Doing the Premier League level uh, With the kind of same level of players But um Apart from the Burnley, I mean, he, he ticks every box for for calibre. Yeah, I mean, Roy Keane, Roy Keane, what what a career Andy did, and clearly, well, you would imagine comes with that kind of authority, that aura. Does that appeal to you? Generally, not. I, I'm not going to. I don't know if Celtic will make a move to sign you in the summer. I feel like it's unlikely. I um, think so. But who would you rather play for in, in theory? Um, I can see pros and cons for, for both. I mean. Listen, Roy Keane, what a fantastic job he done at Sunderland. He, he took over Sunderland when they were in the, the relegation zone at the Championship and, and, and somehow managed to get them promoted in the same season. So he's obviously, he, he's done it as a manager. It's just been out the game for that long a time and because uh, the managerial role, as we all know, is completely different to being, being the, second, uh, the second string, the right-hand man. So I think that, similar to what Stephen says, the way Eddie Howe's team played football, uh, I'd imagine it would be really enjoyable to play play under um, Roy Keane's style slightly different I'm not sitting on the fence I'll go, I'll go ahead out. The allegation that Frank says about you know falling out with people we don't know the exact details of that but the, the generalisation again is that Roy Keane well, well, obviously people see the punditry will you know, kick up the backside for sure tell you it straight 
no holds barred. That what, what do you make of that style generally? Would, yeah. Do you like that? Well, I mean, Matt, the, Matt Walters at Ipswich was the sort of famous one, uh, but they obviously had a, a disagreement, should we call it? And it's been spoken about for the next sort of five years after we both of them going back and forth in interviews. So it seems as if he's obviously we all know he's a very fiery Jonathan character. Walters. Jonathan <laughs> Walters, sorry, who did I say? Mark. Sorry, Jonathan Walters. Um, so we all know he's a very fiery character. There's obviously been murmurs this year that you know, Neil Lennon, some of his uh, stuff that he's came out and said to the press that, that Celtic players weren't too happy about it. Would they get the sort of same stuff, uh, the same treatment off of Roy Keane? You know, potentially, but at the end of the day, when you're at big football clubs and, and, and you don't perform, sometimes your, your manager comes after you, which is you're not the, a bad thing. You're the guys that are you know, still in dressing rooms, have been in many over the years. What we hear is, ah, modern players are different. Molly Coddle can't, can't have that type of. You know, treatment can't be told straight at times. That fair? Uh, yeah, it's not. I don't think that's fair. Um, what I, what I do get, and and I think you see it more and more, is young players will give their opinion. Um, I sat as a young player, and I look back and I wish I'd said something back to the manager. But I felt as if he's been wrong, and he's came in the Monday and says I maybe got that wrong. I wish I'd maybe said it at the time. No, I think you were wrong, and I think young young players are getting more and more confident to do that and back themselves. I think it's more different than coaches than players. Everyone talks about how players are different They don't really react to that well Some players do I just think it's more coaches Don't really take that approach mm-hmm. anymore So I don't think it's really on the onus of players That yeah. that people It's fair that people come up and say Ah the players can't handle criticism so you think coming out. I, There are still players out there playing now Who actually might Might flourish under someone Who's going to really oh, tell down. them straight And be harsh on them Hands yeah. down Hands down yeah. I mean you know, Talking about my experience Mark Warburton and, and, and Stephen Gerrard Two completely different managers Two, two managers with completely different temperaments And no, there was a lot of mummers as well over the last couple of seasons. Stephen Gerrard came out and said a couple of things at the press. People thought that players never reacted mm-hmm. really well. It was a lot of nonsense. So in the dressing room, Stephen Gerrard criticises you much more than Mark Warburton ever would. Yes, but he's also very good because that, I would still say there is some players that maybe react differently to different sort of criticism where it maybe is just a, an arm in the shoulder and, and, and that's what will react to them better. But maybe he knows if he comes in and comes after me or mm-hmm. comes after... A James Tavernier, a Connor, a Connor Golson, he'll know that that that's going to get a reaction off him. And and to be honest, that's what good managers do. So you know, maybe Roy Keane does you know have that in him that he sees that someone. I mean, mm. I don't really want to mention names because I don't really know what these players are like. But if there's a player that maybe can can do a, an arm round his shoulder, maybe it does have that in him. But I think it's more going out the game and coaches than players. You don't need to be critical, Stephen. But ju- just what are the two ends of the spectrum from from your career? Who would be the most Direct critical manager and, and who would be the one That's the complete opposite of that uh, Nigel Clough um, Oh yes jeez Real real old school um, No holds barred Told you exactly what he thought um, I'm trying to think of I mean I mean, Quite a lot of the managers have had I mean um, Gus McPherson <laughs> Both spells um, Malky Mackay Did a bit of both I mean A lot, a lot of the guys did a, bit, did a bit of both I had David Weir um, For a really short spell And he was re- really more about kind of tactics and arm on the shoulder and coach and stuff like that. And he was quite unlucky in the, in the job with a few games that didn't really work. But he he was the total opposite from Nigel Clough, who, who eventually replaced him. Interesting stuff. Thank you to Franco. One four one nine five one one zero two five. Kick off fast approaching. We're going back to Hamden next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Fast approaching kick off at Hamden Let's go back and get a recap of the teams with Alison 
Yep, the teams are out on the pitch. Scotland tonight have Craig Gordon in goal, back three of Scott McTominay, Grant Hanley and Kieran Tierney. Then it'll be four of Ryan Fraser, Callum McGregor, Kenny McLean and Andy Robertson, with John McGinn in behind Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes. The third of three World Cup qualifiers for Scotland inside a week. Two draws and desperately looking for that victory tonight at Hampden against the Faroe Islands. Faroe's just lining up, usual usual formation, yep, U- yep, usual yep, selection. Usual, usual formation, 4-4-2. Uh, I thought you might say that. Gunnar Nielsen in goals, any Motherwell fans will remember him. Perhaps not too fondly, right enough, but uh, he's in goals for the Faroe Islands tonight. Other than that, um, that's the most familiar name, I think, the one that, that jumps out. J- just on the size of the challenge tonight, right? And we did say it earlier, but in, in case anyone thinks we're, we're kind of bluffing, there is a different level of, of European minnow, and Faroe Islands really are not at that level. In the last couple of seasons, uh, last couple of groups, sorry, we've had the likes of San Marino, uh, we've had Gibraltar. San Marino are, are the bottom of the FIFA World Rankings, right? They're 210th. Faroes are 107th. Mm-hmm. Faroes are above Lithuania. How many times have we faced Lithuania and you go, oh, that could be tricky? They're above Latvia. Again, maybe we'd fall into that bracket. They are miles, miles better than maybe some people realise. Yeah, I would probably put Faroe Islands along the bracket of maybe Celtic Rangers playing bottom of the league at home, where you're fully expecting them to win. But if they don't approach it right and they don't take their chance, the other team, they're no mugs. Like, yeah. They're going to be hard to put away. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that worries me slightly. At the same time, <laughs> You want to get to a tournament You need to beat the team 107th in the world at home So yep. not, not not trying to make many excuses But just in case there's anyone who thinks that Anything less than a 6 or 7 Is an embarrassment No, it's far from that They took the lead against Austria And ended up, I think was it 3-1 They lost 3-1, in the yeah. end So um, not going to be too easy Yeah, and you know I don't like talking about the UEFA Nations League too much Because at the start I didn't know what was going on But <laughs> you know, I mentioned earlier when they went unbeaten in 6 It actually secured them promotion into the I think it was the third tier of the, mm-hmm. the UEFA nation, so it's not the it's not the Faroe Islands of two thousand two we talk about. There's, I think there's fifty nine mm-hmm. places between Scotland and, and Faroe Islands, so for sure it makes us favourites. But it's certainly not the minnows that they were twenty years ago. Absolutely not. In fact, they showed some of the previous meetings with the Faroes on TV, didn't they? Before they gave shivers down the spine. Yeah, don't stuff. like looking not, at that. Uh, not good. We are underway though. Um, Scotland with a, a pretty attacking lineup tonight. Remember the likes of uh, Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes together up front. Ryan Fraser as a wing back in for Stephen O'Donnell. Um, John McGinn supporting those strikers. Scott McTominay back into the defence as well. Um, how are you getting on with this teaser? By the way, I, I neglected it a little bit. I've not been giving you as much um, attention. Can you name nine players to have scored in more than ten English Premier League seasons? It doesn't include players from. The UK or Ireland Hold on a second Scotland are into the box Ryan Fraser And it's saved by the goalkeeper Anyway Take us away You've got uh, you, What two did you get Before the break? Uh, York and Elk I've got three written down So what? Van Persie Yes yep. 11 seasons Canu yep. Yes 12 Drogba No oh. Fabregas Yes Which is a good shout Because that, that surprised me I, can, I don't know why Maybe because he's not a striker I just forgot Bergkamp Yep well done So what you got Four to get is it I knew you two Would squish this um, Just some of the aspects Of the team That we've not covered yet It's Kieran Tierney um, Strides forward That's kind of What we're hoping for Scott McTominay Back in defence tonight Where should We play him In your opinion Where should we play him I can understand Why he's done it tonight I mean You see the way Sheffield United Played the 3-5-2 With the, the bombing on full, uh, Centre halves And being comfortable In the ball we, we are going to have that Tonight with Tierney And McTominay playing from deep 
the problem's going to be when we go to Wembley to play England and we're going to have to do more defending and attacking do you play a midfielder out of position? Oh my goodness <laughs> Faroe Islands with a, a fairly promising attack and it was a terrible touch and luckily it, it goes um, out of play Andy because he on on paper on current form by, by most measurements really is one of our best midfielders yep. so figures that you people would say play him there the back three has been successful with him in it mm-hmm. and we, we do have other midfielders what, what would you do if you were in charge? Me personally I like him I, I, I think he's been excellent for Scotland at, uh, at centre back Okay. in my opinion he's our most underrated player I think he's underappreciated at Man United just because he's not a £50 million player or a, a big household name I would play him centre half I just think we've got so much quality in that midfield area mm-hmm. that I would like to see us get the top quality players in our starting lineup, and I think he's more than capable to play in a position where we're maybe a little bit weaker than mm. other areas. I mean, so some, I can see the argument for both. Some of the general reaction, um, that's a nice little move that, but the final pass from Shea Adams can't find Lyndon Dykes. The reaction to the team, um, we were on here when the Austria team came out, most people said, Good Scott McTominay back in midfield That's where he belongs Then by Sunday night It was almost Oh should we maybe put him back Because you know and We've taken Declan Gallagher out And Scott McTominay In the back three He's been broken up So It is a difficult one Yeah and it's And it goes back to I mean It wasn't broke um, Declan Gallagher Probably quite unlucky Just on Scotland form um, yep. To miss out The last couple of games So um, But it is a bit of conundrum Because They have Such strength and depth I mean Ryan Jack could quite comfortably come in and play yeah. in the Euros with McTominay back there. Do we have the same cover? Do we get the same quality from someone else where McTominay's been doing well for us? It is a difficult one. Three and a half on the clock. Anything jumped out at you so far? Just that scale that we just spoke about 30 seconds ago. We have actually, had all the ball apart Yeah, from we that. have, we have. But it was, I mean, it was a dangerous attack. And, you know, if uh, I'm not going to pretend I remember the same name, but if the Pharaoh striker took a good touch, it could have ended up being a a real dangerous opportunity for the Pharaohs and, and frankly never quite got a hold of it. Um, is it is it kind of how you expected because we're now talking that, that system here's centre back here and Tierney is at the byline Stephen yeah, and then look at the left wing back and the left he's wing in back the box Robertson's the, in the, the box an uncharacteristically poor delivery um, from Kieran Tierney anything different I mean you knew the team you knew the tactics inside <laughs> out before you even came in tonight I think I think their approach has backed up what we said about them have been tricky um, they look as if they're kind of playing a 4-4-2 with Maybe four four one one, but they're not here to to park the bus and keep the score down. They're here to to try and get a result and frustrate and, and hit in the counter. So, uh, yeah, not not surprised when they start from them. I think even with, with Scotland's shape as well, not changing, you can see how much more adventurous that the, the wing backs are. Ryan Fraser's actually taking up a right wing up position and, Very and really up, sort of really sort of camping uh, the Faroe Islands back. But they're going to make it difficult for Scotland. So, you know, it's about being patient and, and trying to make the right opportunities and, and take the chances when they come. Yeah, I'm not going to get carried away with. Being nil nil after five minutes at home to the Pharaohs, but Scotland are knocking it about pretty confidently, pretty well. Um, fullbacks very high, lots of movement from um, the guys up front. There's John McGinn on the ball at the moment. You get nervous? Do what, I get nervous watching him play for Scotland? Uh, no, not not really. Um, I said to you before, I, I I used to get quite nervous, but the bigger the game, the, the probably more relaxed I am with them because. I, like, yeah. I know it, it probably sounds like the, the big brother just talked to him his wee brother but um, he, he tends to do he tends to do well in the big game yeah. so yeah the nerves probably died a couple of years ago 
And yeah, I suppose once you're at that table for so long, you, you maybe get used to it. Do you ever have moments though where you just think, that's my wee brother, and you know, doing the, the kind of you know, yeah, the, the yeah. level he's at? And... Yeah, the, the, the Austria goal was one. Um, probably Liverpool early on in the season. I mean, Liverpool looked unbeatable, and Aston Villa took them apart. I mean, I think it was the first time that the high line Liverpool played with got really taken apart, and you're thinking, they're the European champions, and he's a big part of that and scored. and yeah, and uh, probably going back further, probably just being down at Wembley and, and seeing the magnitude of the Aston Villa yeah. winning and scoring the winner. Yeah, did we not get you on the show the next that night straight after the game or the after the game at Wembley? That was about a weekend, so yeah. Uh, uh, well, that's what I was. I, I remember <laughs> the discussion was, yeah, I think I'm okay to come on here. I, I think I, I think I'm all <laughs> In right. In hindsight, I don't think I was. Uh, but you can't remember it, so that that maybe tells the story. I remember it. You were fine. Um, we're still here. That's a great ball over the top from Scott McTominay. Um, Lyndon Dykes is just going to try and stand one up in there as well But um, Scotland doing lots of attacking Not managed to find anything great yet But knocking at the door Yeah and I think that's what's got Listen that's what's got me And there is that man John McGinn in the back of the net Scotland won Faroe Islands nil Like this is why you're here tonight You can't can't beat that (laughs) You can have John McGinn scoring As Stephen McGinn is in the studio Waxing lyrical about him Go on Get be proud of your brother. Talk him up. Oh, but that's 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 what we spoke about um, in that area. And he'll always hit in that areas without the having to worry about what's behind. But the earlier caller about talking about Tian Tierney's <laughs> crossing. I mean, that's a, that's a left centre half crossing it back. Yeah, I mean that that's got that's everything that we kind of envisage happening, Andy, and want to happen. Tierney's been brilliant. He's playing centre back tonight, and he's at the byline. That's what he gives you, and that's what John gives you as well. Is Stephen's bound to bum him up? So it's. For, for you from a, a neutral perspective that how many times can he's done that a few times now for Scotland yeah and we spoke about it even though he's not the most you know a, a conventional number 10 he, he, really, he really has a knack of getting in the right areas and it's a it's a ball from Kieran Tierney that's so underappreciated in games like this when you're playing against teams that are camped in and, and you get to the byline they automatically sink towards the 6 yard box but you need the midfielders mm-hmm. to have the knack to find that position for the for the cutback but as, you know, we, we said it we said it before the uh, at the start of the show sorry Kieran Tierney's playing centre half but he's still got that licence sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes to break forward and he finds himself in a sort of you know, left wing back left wing position and great cutback great goal remember watching something with Robertson and Alexander-Arnold together and they were kind of saying that that, that's, that was the kind of next level for them as fullbacks. It's it's not too hard to get there and then just flash it across but to know when to, to actually pull it back and how much more effective it can be well I think sometimes when players dish out the cliches in interviews and you talk about building relationships with players mm. I would say that's a good example. Um, John John would be pretty sure what Kieran Tierney is trying to do. He's, tr- he's faking as if he's going to play it and he's cut back. And I think that's why, even when you talk about striker movement in the box, he can just stand still and wait for Kieran Tierney to pull it into that area. Uh, did you say at the start of the show you thought he was going to score tonight? Yeah, no. I thought you did. I'm sure producer God, Callum's keeping me right. I can't remember it. I must have been dozed off at that point. I was going to mention as well, it's... What Scott McTominay gives you at centre half, we've already seen in two or three yeah. occasions that range of passing that just breaks the, you know, it breaks that back line and, and gives you that different option. You've got somebody like Che Adams up front; he's he's more than willing to spin into the channels. And you know, with Scott McTominay's range of mm. passing, he's already starting to spread it about back right there. Yeah, good start, Scotland. Nine minutes now. Scotland one, Faroe Islands nil. John McGinn on seven minutes. So a, a good start. Right, you've got a bit of work to do on this teaser. Thank you mm. to Dylan for sending it. Can you name, not including players from the UK or Ireland? The nine players who've scored in more than 10 English Premier League seasons York, Anelka, Canu, Van Persie, Bergkamp and Fabregas Four to get Louis Saha That is an unbelievable shout Nice I am, I'm impressed with that Well done Milo got that to be fair on Twitter um, But 
the rest that Milo's sent in are all wrong So I'll give him his <laughs> Saha shout um, David Silva? No I'm out Saha was my only One of these is not a striker Not a goal scorer by any means But you know Had a very good English Premier League career And played for a long time um, That didn't give it away at all did it um, <laughs> Right one of them Is probably Better known for one of his Celebrations Rather than The goal itself Let's say he's the guy Who ripped up that old thing About not celebrating In front of your old fans Oh Adebayor Adebayor How good was that? Yeah, <laughs> Unbelievable Ten years I was surprised at that Yeah actually. absolutely right One of his So who who did he celebrate against? Um, Arsenal For Man City Right so that's the one That I'm talking about Not a goal getter I mean he scored a few But he's not you know, Not a striker not, Yes well done Patrick Vieira Now the last one it, Yeah I think the last one Might be the hardest Just because Because I've already got that Yeah I don't want to give you credit <laughs> Too much for that um, I think the only thing left to do Is name his club And I think you will get it I can't think of any other clues uh, Hold on there Oh jo- Lyndon Dykes taking it off John McGinn's toe It was nearly two there Right Newcastle Lauren Robert Nope Aspria No That's the one Milo said So a bit more recently than him Just one of these Just, just hung around Just at Newcastle for ages And just hey, He was good But never Like You know Never really kicked on But just always there Probably not even first choice For a lot of Of that spell You're not helping us with that No Um Well do what Hugh Keevens likes His favourite thing is to give you Their initials Right S A Oh come on you two You set such high standards Shola Amiobi Yes Good finish He's Strong English. finish Look at that The two McGinn's Hitting the back of the net tonight Shola Amiobi Yeah but did he not play International football for That'll be why Quick question uh, there we I've, go. I've actually played With his brother And I know his brother's English So I would never have got that Scotland one up tonight We'll look back on it all tomorrow <laughs>